from the nation's leading supply chain university program, we welcome you to the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Supply Chain Research. Here are your hosts, Steve Tracy and Irv Grossman. Thank you. Welcome to the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Irv Grossman. Joining me today is Kinsey Dorr. Hi, Kinsey. Kinsey is subbing for uh, Steve Tracy, who must have, have either has his, a drink in his hand and a toes in the sand in the summertime. So, so Kinsey is uh, our marketing communications specialist for the center. Just recently joined us. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Kinsey. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everyone. Irv. Um, I am Kinsey Dorr. I joined the center about three months ago. Um, worked at a previous institution, uh, Boise State, actually, and I worked in the uh, graduate college at Boise State. So I've been in higher ed for about five years in various roles. I worked in recruiting for a bit. I worked in communications marketing for a bit. And now I'm here um, at Penn State working for the Center for Supply Chain Research. So um, that's a little about me professionally. Um, on the personal side, I played basketball, a collegiate basketball for Boise State. So I'm a former um, athlete, college athlete. Uh, Hey, fun fact about me, tore my ACL three times while playing basketball at Boise State. Not so, on the same knee, right? Same knee, actually. Yes, oh, the wow. right knee. It's a tough one <laughs> for me. So, uh, yeah, that's a little about me. I, I still reside in Boise. I work remotely uh, for Penn State. So I'm here in Boise, Idaho. And, um, yeah, really excited to join Penn State and uh, CSCR and my first podcast debut with CSCR. Yeah, so well, um, happy well, to fill in for Steve. <laughs> uh, welcome. Glad, glad you're here. So today we're going to be discussing uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, also known as DEI, within the supply chain. And we are pleased to, to have Rocky Agarwal with us, who's an experienced supply chain leader and advocate for advancement of people of color in supply chain. So welcome to the podcast today, Rocky. Rocky Agarwal is the franchise engagement leader at J&J. She's a visionary sourcing and supply chain leader with a proven track record of almost two decades of rich industry experience. Rocky joined J&J in, in December 2018 and comes with a rich background in supply chain, distribution and sourcing through di diversified roles gained with companies such as AMRI, Merck, and Bristol-Myers Squibb. Rocky has an MBA in operations management from the University of Southern Indiana and undergraduate degree in supply chain from the Eli Broad Business School at Michigan State. Rocky is an active member and volunteer in the prestigious Drugs, Chemicals, and Associated Technologies, also known as DCAT for the last seven years. Recently as a chair of the Sourcing and Procurement Task Force at DCAT, she's been instrumental in driving the educational program content for the pharma industry. Rocky is a thought leader of numerous articles on negotiation and risk management published in the Inside Supply Chain Magazine. And Rocky's a very passionate about diversity and inclusion and is leading an event known as Discover 2021 to advance its vision to develop talent and break barriers for people of color in the supply chain industry. Welcome aboard, Rocky. How are you today? Very good. Thank you so much. So glad you're here. So uh, let's just start right into questions. What got you professionally uh, passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion? 
So DNI is a space that I'm very passionate about, right? And especially, uh, you know, everyone has their own personal experiences that shape them into who they are and what they become, right? So same with me. I grew up in India in a very conservative family in a timeline where women were not given much education or freedom of choice or speech. And also like the beauty standards were much attached to the color of the skin. So being a woman of color with dark skin in a paternal society really fueled me with a passion to drive change and to make difference as much as possible and drive equity and inclusion. So I wanted to be the change agent that people uh, that could help people see beyond gender, beyond skin color and beyond race. So here I am, right? So everything like while growing up, Everything around me shaped me and, uh, you know, made me passionate about diversity and inclusion and equity. And I've carried that over throughout with me and in also like at workplace as well, as well as in my personal life. No, excellent. So, so why do you see the DEI important to the supply chain industry? I mean, it's very, very important, right? Because very effective supply chain programs are very crucial to win the game, actually, of the talent or the war, if you would rather call it, right? Because everyone in the industry wants to work with the right talent and the best talent. And I strongly believe that diversity fosters change, growth, and innovation. And without growth and innovation, a company can only survive, right? It cannot thrive. So to thrive, you really have to up your game and have to make sure you have the right mix of talent and the right pool and the right mix of talent in the industry uh, can only come if you really have diversity built in in the fabric of your DNA of the organization, right? Yeah, I agree with you. I believe companies have blind spots and, and they get close. Those blind spot spots get closed based on having diversity and inclusion in their DNA and to be able to see different points of view about how to resolve problems, um, create product, um, reduce costs, you know, whatever the supply we do in the supply chain. And it's also helps deliver based on, you know, improving and fostering that talent and diversity in the business. So I totally agree with you on that front. So, yeah. Yeah, I do too. And it's kind of interesting, right? The the effects of plugging in diversity, inclusion, and equity within your organization, we know that they're, you know, untold positive benefits, right? But it's this huge challenge in getting started with diversity, inclusion, if your organization hasn't already taken steps to, to begin that process, or maybe it's just um, a little stagnant. So what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for, for getting started in diversity, equity, inclusion, if perhaps you don't have a, you know, necessarily a personal connection, like you, you led with a very personal story about your passion for diversity and inclusion, which is awesome. I think maybe a lot of people resonate with that, but for folks who don't maybe have that direct personal correlation, what what would you say your biggest piece of advice is in, in getting started? Yeah, I mean, there are two two pieces of advice or rather comments that I have here, right? The first is, uh, first of all, like if you, like myself, are fueled by like your personal experiences that drive your passion, right? Or like the second point where you said that maybe you don't have personal experiences, but how do you still like, you know, motivate yourself to actually make an impact, right? So there are two things. First is uh, don't hesitate, like take action, right? Whether, whether you have your personal experience that are fueling your passion or, you know, some things that you don't agree with or your thought process of 
who you are, you know, and what you want to be and how you want to come across in this world and leave your legacy, right? So everything all starts with taking action, right? No matter how small it is, if we don't take action, there's never going to be any impact or any change that any one of us can bring, right? So it all begins at home and, uh, you know, it all begins with uh, taking that first step. So take that first step. And then uh, the second thing is to make sure that whatever, you know, treat other people at the humane level beyond, with the respect that they deserve, right? Beyond their skin color, beyond their gender, beyond other factors that, you know, at the top level that come across or define them, right? You have to learn to look beyond that at a human level, right? Once we all start doing that, now, whether you are, you know, driving it because of your own passion or whether you want to be an ally, right? Because uh, if you are an ally, that's your piece of impact, whether it's uh, personally affecting you or you've been impacted or not, being an ally is where you can actually make that change as well, right? So the two things, being ally and take action. Yeah, those are great. Those are great pieces of advice to kind of just, if if you're unfamiliar with diversity, equity, inclusion, just getting started, those are great jumping off points. And we're talking now at a personal level, right? How can you as an individual um, get connected with diversity and inclusion? But in terms of the larger industry and supply chain, how do we get a whole organization or a company on board with diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, including our leadership? How do we introduce these initiatives? In, in your experience, what what's the process in terms of uh, professional work experience and work life, getting diversity and inclusion plugged into that, along with your personal um, your personal goals towards improving diversity and inclusion? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the most difficult thing to do, right? I mean, and also the most simplest thing. I believe like the EQ, which is the emotional quotient of our leaders in the industry, especially in the supply chain, is very, very high. What that means is like they have the capability to understand the importance of diversity in workplace, right? Uh, It's only that you just have to speak to them with the facts and the benefits, right? So the leader, it makes it easier for the leadership to take action. So what you can do is to get them on board and to make sure that the organization uh, that you work for and the leadership is on board with the DNI initiatives and understands the benefit, you could actually, you know, point out the various benefit for, uh, for the leaders, right? And some of the benefits are like if you have a diverse uh, diversity in workplace that fosters innovation out of the box thinking, the range of, uh, you know, talent you have from different geography areas, different gender, different ways of thinking, they provide multiple different view point of views, right? Uh, They can be your out of the box thinker who come up with radical innovative solutions to, uh, you know, create a sustainable supply chain in the industry. I mean, where else would you get that if you if you work with a very, very small, strict, uh, you know, one set or one type of talent? There's no way you could do that. You cannot innovate. You cannot actually grow. So if you show all these benefits to the leadership, I mean, absolutely, they would jump on board and they'll say, hey, yes, of course, uh, you know, I see the importance. I understand. Let's get on board with it. Right. Because I think that if you tell if you are able to outline all these great benefits to the leadership, there's hardly any leader who would say that, no, they don't believe in this. Right. Exactly. And I think for those that are that are leaders, 
I think the hardest jumping off point is to figure out what's the first step. Like what's the first, not even first, like first, second, and third step. So any advice on, on the, the first step that they want to implement a DEI program, like what does that look like? What are the first set of initiatives that they need to be performing um, to get started? Uh, working with the HR partners is like the first step, right? Because that's where you get the uh, insights as to how your company is structured, how's your talent pool looking like, because, you know, you have to like anything, right? You need data to make informed decisions. So the first step would be to understand working with the HR partners is how is the makeup of your talent and uh, talent pool looking like for the company, right? The human resources. And then trying to figure out that, you know, whether it's recruiting programs or whether it's um, any other program across the company, you just make sure that the pool or the slate is diverse because it's not about singling out any one group or division or, uh, you know, a diversity factor in your uh, makeup or the, uh, you know, the, or the fabric of the organization. It's about creating equal opportunities, right? So I think the first step would be to just uh, get the data, work with the HR partners, to understand the makeup and uh, identify the gaps and then put those action plan in place to uh, address all those DNI gaps. Okay, I think one of the things also I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, it's setting up a coaching culture for those that are that are not necessarily in the direct reporting relationship, but across the organization, you know, sponsors and mentors to, to be able to understand you know, if they're encountering some level of subtle bias and how we break through things like that and uh, to be able to, um, you know, improve their knowledge and, you know, just those biases that may hold success back as it relates to any sort of DEI, you know, DEI efforts. So Rocky, what would you say is the most difficult part about implementing a, a DEI program? I think the most difficult part is actually, uh, you know, keeping the momentum because there's sometimes, most of the times, you know, we identify all these great programs, whether it be it in supplier diversity or talent diversity, we should ensure no matter what level of hierarchy you are in the, uh, in the organization, you have to make sure that you're keeping, uh, you know, the momentum of that program. It should not be a one-time thing, right? You should be able to keep the momentum so so actually, we are making an impact on an ongoing basis. Yeah, one of the things I, I know that's important, even about gaining momentum, is is to making supply chain itself attractive to diverse talent. That's always been a traditionally a hard thing because, given the many choices of great careers they could have, is making people aware of it that this this supply chain exists in, in the, in the body of work inside of an organization and what they can perform and then actively recruiting people into supply chain who are diverse. That's been the traditional challenge. In terms of challenges, right? There's, there's challenges in, in getting folks in the door, first of all, but once you, once you have a program in place or an initiative or even just a plan um, representing your organization, and even the industry accurately is important. Although it, things might be changing, um, you know, representation is important accurately. How do you highlight employees from um, diverse populations without tokenizing them, you know, making them your one all-star? How do you, in your experience or what things that you've seen, how do we do this in the correct way? 
I mean, it's a very loaded and very difficult <laughs> question, right? So, uh, because you, the best way to do is because you want to be fair. You want to be fair to everyone and you want to do it right. And I think uh, you mentioned it very appropriately, like how do you accurately do it without tokenizing, uh, you know, a specific set of uh, individuals? The best way I think to do is just to ensure that you have clarity on what you're trying to drive at from diversity perspective, right? What are the gaps and let the data speak for itself, right? Once you partner with the HR organization or your HR partners, uh, understanding the gap and actually putting programs in place to address those gaps. I mean, uh, that that's the right thing to do and the best thing to do. And then also you have to ensure that you put a process in place and you focus on the process to address the gaps, not on people or a specific set of individuals for whatever diverse reason, right? Once you focus on the process and you ensure that your pool is diverse, your selection process is diverse, the programs that you're designing gives a fair opportunity for everyone to participate, then you're actually, you know, creating a DNI initiative and a program that's fair end to end, and you're not tokenizing anyone, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely, sorry, I gave you that, that loaded question. It's a, it's a hard question that I think you have to keep readdressing, right, to internal checks and balances to make sure that we are being equitable to, to everyone um, and, and doing it in the right way. So yeah, tough question, but you did, you did great with it. Uh, would you say that, you know, on that note, this while you're working through these processes, is a lot of the work kind of manual? Like you're you're having to have these conversations, and even though you have data to back up these programs and initiatives, maybe it's a little bit of a, a manual process at first. Would you say? So you mean the whole process of initiating diversity in an organization, uh, or? In terms I'm trying of, to understand. Uh, um, yeah, no, that's a fair question. Fair follow up. In terms of um, kind of if leadership is on board, great. But then um, folks in your organization, maybe who are skeptical about maybe, for example, the issue of tokenization, I don't want to be tokenized. Do, do you see a lot of individual conversations happening around, you know, here's our plan and just being really transparent with your communication is that, I mean, transparent communication is always a great tool. I, I'd, I'd imagine that it's a great resource when implementing these sorts of programs as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the success of any program goes hand in hand with the communication, right? So you have to make sure that uh, whatever the program you are working on and uh, you actually are providing clear communication top to bottom and making sure that the communication is relayed and understood, right? Just communicating is not even enough. You have to also ensure that it's understood correctly because everything has two sides, right? You can have a great program, but then if you don't clearly communicate and ensure that the uh, organization and the folks are, you know, are getting the message, then basically half the battle is lost already, right? So clear communication, absolutely is very important, but even more important is to make sure that your team, your organization understands the message behind it. Interesting. I, I was thinking about as we have moved away from, from everybody being face-to-face, we've moved towards the pandemic has had us move to remote environments. Now we're looking at hybrid environments and we're slowly returning to the office. Do you see any impact in the working norms in DEI initiatives that may be enabled by remote work, either by 
improving the, our candidate pool or helping with retention, things like that. And any, any comments as relates to any changes in the, in the working environment and its impact on DEI? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Big time, right? And I can speak from my personal experiences uh, uh, with Discover as an organization, right? So, you know, I, uh, the biggest example I can share is last year's uh, Discover Annual Summit. And I know we'll talk a little bit more in detail about it. But we had last year, the uh, because of the pandemic, the annual summit, which is usually a face-to-face uh, event, was actually virtual because of all the travel restrictions and we couldn't uh, you know, meet in person. And we had the record um, uh, attendance in the annual summit last year, September. We had over 500 people join us uh, who were passionate about DNI uh, to come together to learn from other companies, uh, you know, to learn the best practices, share the best practices, understand what's happening in the industry, hear the senior leaders speak and interact with them, and also participate in the uh, executive coaching and the mentoring sessions, all virtual. I mean, you know, all this uh, remote ways of working, the new ways of working, it has given us uh, actually open doors for us and given us opportunities to actually interact more and, you know, broaden our reach beyond where we thought like, okay, you know, beyond one state or beyond one country for that matter, right? We had individuals join us from India. We had companies, suppliers and talent join us from Europe. We had, uh, you know, people join us from West Coast and we were on the East Coast and just because it was all virtual, right? We were able to expand our reach and able to work with speakers who were not even in the location. So that's just one example, right? But Overall, you know, I think this whole new way of working because of pandemic has shown us that where there is a will, there is a way. It's funny you mentioned that because the CSCR itself has had to change a lot of its uh, classes and, and leadership forums from face-to-face to virtual. And it's allowed a couple different things. Number one, increase the level of participation, allows the people to travel from other locations into, you know, without having to travel to get to to Penn State to actually participate in the sessions. They can check in and check out in certain sessions. Um, and now, you know, we've, we've actually expanded in how we we're recruiting and hiring by, you know, Kinsey herself, who's based in Boise, is a great example of that. And uh, how we've been able to um, just continue to, to expand the reach of the CSCR and its education of supply chain in its own right. So we see this as an expansion of knowledge uh, just way beyond, you know, diversity, but across, you know, getting more people excited into supply chain. That uh, leads us nicely into Discover, which you mentioned just a few moments ago. Can you tell us a little bit more about Discover and the work that you lead within the organization? Yeah, sure. Thank you for that question. So I'll be happy to talk about Discover. It's a nonprofit organization that came into form as an official organization as of last year, but it has been in inception uh, since the last five years. So what we do at Discover is that it provides a platform to further the talent development of the, uh, you know, people of color in the supply chain industry. So we try to put together programs and talent development seminars, chats, webinars, uh, executive coaching and mentoring session to develop the talent in supply chain uh, from the diversity perspective. So you're hosting a summit. You tell me what to expect of this year's virtual event. 
Yeah, thank you. It's a very exciting uh, event. Uh, we are trying to make it a hybrid event this year. Uh, Summit is our annual flagship event that is actually an in-person event. It has been till uh, last year. Last year it was the first time we actually had a virtual summit. And this year we are trying to create the program in a hybrid environment. And what you can expect is two days of full of exciting programs, workshops, seminars, and fireside chats with senior leaders of the supply chain industry. So we'll be having, uh, you know, executive coaching and mentoring session. There will be organizations like Diversity Inc. and Gartner doing panel sessions and sharing with us the best practices in the DNI space and sharing us the, you know, with us the knowledge of, uh, you know, what's going on in the industry and what are the new trends and what are the new ways we could actually, you know, support DNI initiative overall. So it's going to be a two full day. Uh, agenda full of exciting events. It's uh, slated for October 7th and 8th. And uh, we are very excited. I know I am because we have uh, two really very key note speakers lined up to open the event for us. On day one, we are expecting Celeste Warren of Merck. She's the DNI leader at Merck and Company. She will be opening the event for us. And on day two, the keynote speaker uh, we have lined up is the First Lady of New Jersey, Tammy Murphy. So we are super excited. Uh, we are working very hard behind the scenes to make the event a success. And we are very much looking forward for everyone to participate in the event and uh, join us on October 7th and 8th. It sounds like an awesome event that, I mean, I, I would look forward to attending, but in, in terms of that, who can attend? Is it open to, uh, you know, organizations, students, who, who can attend the summit? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I would say it's open to everyone, to the public and everyone who is in the supply chain industry, whether you are a supply chain student, whether you are a junior professional just starting your career, or whether you are a mid-senior level seasoned professional or a senior executive level, right? It's open for everyone. And what we try to do in the event is have a little bit of content to interest every level, no matter where you are in your career, right? So we work with universities like Princeton, Rutgers, Penn State, UPenn, Michigan State, and we work with their supply chain divisions and supply chain professors to ensure that we bring on top supply chain uh, students uh, into this event and we offer them free seats and free registration so they could attend. And then we have programs geared towards their development, uh, you know, teaching them how to interview correctly or how to write an elevator speech or make presentations. So those kind of programs are geared towards students. Then it's also open to junior professionals and mid-level professionals as well. It provides, you know, a platform and a networking opportunity to connect one-on-one -on -one with senior leaders from the industry, right? We also have executive coaching and mentoring session where, uh, you know, senior level or junior professionals can actually learn directly from the senior leaders about the challenges that they faced and, uh, you know, take those learnings and make 
their career better from advancement perspective, right? So it's open to everyone in supply chain and we welcome, uh, you know, everyone we are hoping, whoever is listening will be able to join the summit on October 7th and 8th and really enjoy it and take a lot from it from DNI perspective and from personal growth perspective as well. That's very good. So I, I'm sure hopefully this podcast will help improve attendance. It's a great honor to talk to you today, Rocky Agarwal, who's uh, with Johnson & Johnson and also represents diversity and her and inclusion, which is a passion of hers and discussing the Discover event coming up. Great talking with you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Irvin. Thank you, Kinsey. And thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Supply Chain Research at Penn State. For information about our sponsorship opportunities, research needs, and professional development offerings, please visit smeal.psu.edu forward slash CSCR.